Hello and welcome to Heart Speak with Baylor Scott and White Heart and Vascular Hospital in Dallas and in Fort Worth. I'm your host, Prakash Chandran. Joining us today on HeartSpeak is vascular surgeon Mushtaba Ali, who is on the medical staff at Baylor Scott and White Heart and Vascular Hospital Fort Worth. New to the area, Dr. Ali brings the latest and innovative approaches to vascular surgery to Tarrant County. Dr. Ali performed a first at the hospital, the first TCAR procedure in Fort Worth. TCAR stands for Transcarotid Artery Revascularization. This procedure is performed on patients with carotid artery stenosis. There are only a small group of vascular surgeons around the country that are performing this procedure that can help patients avoid debilitating stroke. So Dr. Ali, it's great to have you here today. I'd love to start by helping our listeners understand what carotid artery stenosis actually is. So let me first begin by saying that carotid artery stenosis is a buildup of cholesterol plaque in the carotid artery, and this leads to untreated complications of the stroke. Carotid arteries are the arteries that supply the brain with blood, and they arise from the aorta, which is close to the heart, and then bring the blood up through the neck and then empty out into the brain. So the carotid artery stenosis, if it happens, which is plaque buildup within these arteries, it can potentially lead to a stroke, which can be a very debilitating and oftentimes can be a fatal event also. Got it. So the carotid arteries are the arteries that supply blood to the brain. I'm curious as to if the carotid artery stenosis is a common condition. Yeah, it is fairly common, much like coronary artery disease, which is a buildup of cholesterol plaque within the arteries of the heart. Similarly, cholesterol plaque can build up in the carotid arteries of the neck. People have done studies on this, and the prevalence rate for those among 870 is higher than those less than age 70. So, for example, in men, there's about 12 to 13 percent prevalence of carotid artery stenosis after the age of 70, and in women, it's around 7 percent. Altogether, the pooled prevalence of moderate disease or moderate blockage is around 4 percent in, uh, in people in the United States in this country. So, it is uh, somewhat common, not as common as heart disease, but it is common, and it is the leading cause of an ischemic stroke, which is blockages causing stroke. So it is a fairly common condition, and left untreated, it can cause a stroke. Yeah, you know, speaking of plaque buildup, I'm really curious as to how plaque builds up in the first place, and what happens to people when they have plaque? So plaque buildup happens when there's a chemical injury to the lining of the artery on the inside. And this can be due to, um, you know, history of smoking from the nicotine and the cigarette smoke that can injure the the artery on the inside, or it could be from uh, high blood sugars resulting from diabetes or high blood pressure or, you know, having high cholesterol. All these conditions uh, predispose a person to developing blockages in the carotid artery and also elsewhere in the heart, in the legs. And once plaque starts building up, there's potential for the plaque rupturing and releasing blood clots, which can then travel up to the brain and cause a stroke. Or blood clots can form on the plaque itself and then get released up to the brain and cause a stroke. So overall, plaque buildup is a bad thing, no matter which artery it occurs in, but it becomes especially bad 
when it's in the heart, it can cause a heart attack, or it happens in the neck, it can cause a stroke. So I'm curious as to if your plaque is building up or if this is about to happen, are there any symptoms that people might experience before the stroke itself? Yeah, so fortunately, not everyone gets a major stroke as a result of carotid artery stenosis. People can have TIAs, which are transient ischemic attacks, or in simpler terms called minor strokes. And these are strokes that happen, but the symptoms don't last for more than a day. Patients can have stroke-like symptoms, but they resolve fairly quickly. The other symptom that can happen is transient blindness of the eye on the side of the blockage in the carotid artery. Essentially, this is having like a mini stroke of the eye. The carotid artery not only supplies the brain, but also supplies blood to the eye. Some of the blood clots travel up into the artery that supplies the eye that can lead to transient blindness for a few minutes. This is called amaurosis fugax. So when patients have amaurosis fugax or TIAs, that's a, a sign that a stroke might be right around the corner. People with TIAs have a 23% risk for having a major stroke within a year ha- of having a TIA. So it's essentially a warning sign for having a major stroke. So if there's a one out of four chance of having a major stroke. So when we see patients with MRSS fugax or TIA, we also recommend that they undergo carotid artery surgery in order to remove the plaque. So before the surgery itself, how is this carotid disease managed? Is it possible to be medically managed? First and foremost, we advocate for medical management uh, with uh, blood thinning medications such as aspirin and or Plavix and a newer class of medications, uh, which is Xeralto. Additionally, you know, cholesterol-lowering medications are very, very helpful and very essential to stabilizing the plaque and perhaps, in some cases, making the plaque regress, too. Additionally, you know, lowering the blood pressure, managing blood sugars, keeping them in optimal levels is also very essential. And lastly but not least, cutting back on smoking and altogether quitting smoking is of great help in preventing further stroke and other complications of carotid artery stenosis. So that's the first and foremost. But what studies have shown that in addition to medical management, surgery is also beneficial in those having symptoms and having a degree of stenosis which is 70% or more. In other words, if someone has a blockage of 70% or more and has had transient blindness in the eye or a mini stroke or a major stroke, surgery has been shown to be more beneficial than just medical management. Medical management is also essential regardless of the patient undergoing surgery or not. But when the threshold of disease is more than 70% blockage, then studies have shown that surgery is definitely more beneficial than just medical management. And can you actually speak to how you go about measuring the blockage itself? Most commonly, we get a, an ultrasound. It's called a duplex ultrasound. We take a look at the degree of blockage by calculating how fast the blood is flowing across the blockage and also looking at the blockage itself. So that's one type of test. The other two types of tests that are commonly done are a CAT scan and an MRI scan. So these are specific scans that look at the arteries, and they're called CT angiogram or MR angiogram. And finally, now if a patient does have a stroke, we also get an MRI of the brain to confirm if a patient has had a stroke or not. But the carotid artery stenosis is typically diagnosed initially with a, an ultrasound, 
And for confirmatory tests, we order a CT angiogram or an MR angiogram. Okay, so I want to transition to when surgery is needed. What is the most conventional surgery that happens? And then talk a little bit about this TCAR procedure. Definitely. So the conventional operation is called carotid endarachne. It's an invasive operation that involves making a long incision on the side of the neck and directly taking the plaque out. The other operation is TCAR operation. Now, this is performed under local anesthesia without any need for general anesthesia. A small incision is made just above the collarbone so instead of making a long incision. So through this small incision, we're able to expose the carotid artery, and then a soft, flexible tube is placed directly into the carotid artery, and it's connected to a specialized system to reverse blood flow in the carotid artery. So blood flow is temporarily reversed to protect the brain against any fragments of plaque that might come loose during the procedure. Now the blood is filtered and then returned back to the body through another tube that's placed into the femoral vein in the thigh. While the blood flow is reversed in about five or six minutes time frame, we're able to insert a, a stent and then open up the blockage within the carotid artery. Now this is that's why this is called a transcarotid artery vascularization. We do it directly through the carotid artery and insert a stent. Now, it's a less invasive procedure I was talking to you about compared to carotid endarachne. So studies have you know, shown that this is a, has a less stroke risk during the procedure compared to carotid endarachne. It's actually decreased the stroke risk of the conventional operation carotid endarachne. Now, to give, a, give you absolute numbers, stroke risk for TCAR procedure is around 1%, and for carotid endarachne, it's about 2 to 3%. Uh, definitely, it's a, uh, it's a big leap in technology and advance in, in medical care. Uh, and the FDA approved this in about uh, in the year 2015. Uh, so I'm one of the first ones to do it in uh, Tarrant County, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, we have the service available uh, for Tarrant County residents. So it's important that you know, a vascular surgeon does this procedure, and a vascular surgeon who has been trained by... Uh, uh, by the FDA to do this procedure. So not every vascular surgeon is doing this procedure. So I'm fortunate that I got the training done. It's truly amazing to hear about how far the medicine has come here, you know, in just a small incision that you're able to make, you're able to reverse the blood flow, effectively filter out and make sure that the plaque doesn't affect the brain and then replace a stent so the patient doesn't have a problem anymore. And I imagine that the recovery time is relatively quick because the incision is so small. Is that correct? Yeah, the incision is approximately three centimeters, you know, about an inch long, slightly over an inch long. And patients do very well in the operating room, well, you know, under a little bit of local anesthesia. And, you know, I, I talk to them during the operation, you know, we play music while they relax and I get the procedure done. And then they're in the ICU for one night. And uh, in the ICU, they have very little uh, fluctuations in blood pressure, for the most part, you know, the, the stent, uh, as uh, after it's placed, continues to expand and open the blockage little by little, so we have to monitor patients in the ICU. But we, what we notice that most patients actually do real well, have less degree of fluctuations compared to patients who have undergone carotid neurotomy. So overall, you know, even the recovery process is a lot gentler you know, patients recover faster and they go home the next day, which is a remarkable thing. In carotid endarachne, they also go home 
usually the next day, but sometimes they have to stay an additional night. I have yet to keep a patient you know, more than one night after the TCAR procedure. So it's truly a very good procedure, and uh, patients are safer undergoing this procedure compared to carotid endorotomy. And uh, as the technology continues to expand, you know, this procedure might become totally percutaneous, maybe 15 years down the road. So even uh, what we have right now is quite remarkable, and I uh, look forward to, you know, with improvements in technology, doing this even percutaneously later, later down the road. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Ali, I really appreciate your time and insight today. That's Dr. Mujtaba Ali, a vascular surgeon at Baylor Scott and White Heart and Vascular Hospital in Fort Worth. Thanks for checking out this episode of HeartSpeak. To find a specialist on the medical staff at Baylor Scott and White Heart and Vascular Hospital in Fort Worth or Dallas, please call 844-279-3627 or visit BaylorHeartHospital.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks and we'll talk next time. Baylor Scott and White Heart and Vascular Hospital, Fort Worth and Dallas, joint ownership with physicians.